We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Cup shame once again. 12 months on. Nothing's changed. Lots of things have changed. Uh, but not last night as Newcastle were dumped out of the FA Cup in the third round by third-tier opposition once again. I'm Alex, Charlotte and Kyle. Join me. All three of us were in the away end at Hillsborough last night and we'll record for you the morning after the night before. And there's lots to talk about, both in terms of the game, the players and the context of the defeat within the season and the journey this football club's on. Kyle, I'll start with you, mate. Are you raging? You know what? I, I was initially, but... I think the I think the main message would be not to not to overreact and panic. Um, I know it's like a bad FA Cup defeat, and it's something that it's something weirdly I'm used to because obviously in the last ten years we've been beat off Stevenage, been beat off Birmingham, Cambridge last year. So like getting beat off lower low tier opposition seems to be something that we're quite good at. Um, so, it's it it's just one of one of them. I do I don't want it to affect the season. I hope it doesn't affect the season. Um, but with these group of players, it will be a case that we need to bounce back. Um, minds the the Sheffield Wednesday support. What a bunch of fucking classless. Oh, honestly, not a peep out of them until they scored, and then they're giving it the big and it's like just the ground, the experience. It was just it was just horrible. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is horrible, isn't it? Like the um, the funneling into Hillsborough. Like, I don't want to be sound dramatic or anything, but it 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 wasn't very comfortable getting in and getting to your seat and getting out. Even like, it doesn't feel like um, particularly. I like when we were leaving. Alex turned to me and was like, "How has this place got a safety certificate?" Like, it doesn't feel like there's an appropriate sort of. Um, exit strategy, but I won't labour that. It was. Um, I'm just putting in, by the way, Alex. You haven't asked me if I'm angry. Um, I have reflected on it. It's only been about twelve hours since full time, so I haven't reflected less. No, yes, twelve hours. So I haven't reflected on it for long because most of that I've been asleep. But I don't feel like I'm a bit gutted because you know a cup run would have been fun, but we're still in another cup. And we've got, you know, a tired bunch of players who have had a really, like, intense season so far. And a starting eleven who are 
uh, like I said on, on one of our Patreon podcasts, like starting maybe 12, 13, who are really class. And then past that, we still do like squad depth. And we made a lot of changes yesterday. So um, it's it's sad because staying in the cup would have been class, but we're still in another cup. We're still third in the table. So I'm not going to like write anyone off or get sort of super pissed off. The little boy behind me was sobbing at the end, but I was like, you don't know pain. You don't know what real pain is. <laughs> <laughs> It's an interesting one, and we'll we'll get into it. Kyle, I'm afraid to say you just sound like a bitter Premier League fan who's gone away from home to a third tier club and seen them get beat. Or it's the experience more than the result. I've seen like Sheffield Wednesday, Wednesday Stadium makes Goodison Park look glamorous. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's it's awful. Like for years, I've always said Goodison Park's the worst stadium I've been to, and I don't think I'll see worse in the country. There's worse in the country. It, it, oh, yeah. Apparently, once, once you get once you get into those lower leagues, mate, the stadiums get much worse. Yeah. Like it's it's so so bad. Like there's loads of people on on Twitter and stuff saying the stewards were sending them to the wrong parts of the state, wrong parts of the away end. Uh, the kiosks were absolutely insane. Um, just just everything really was just awful. Uh, about the whole about the whole thing it was just it was just crazy like i i cannot wrap my head around it like how bad Kyle can i ask you a question um do you think that the whole like that you would if we'd won do you think you would be saying how awful and crazy and terrible the whole thing was or do it you was think that bad just... yes <laughs> um like fair enough honestly like it was just like like on 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 my on my Twitter, I've put the view that I had. There was a massive pole in front of us. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, don't get us wrong; it did us a favour towards the end, especially with Chris Wood protection from him. But like, <laughs> it just honestly, like the whole experience. Like, <laughs> I might I might sound like a bit of Premier League fan, Alex, but honestly, like, the just the experience. Oh my god. It was just, yeah, something else. You ever been to Salhurst Park, Kyle? I haven't been to Salhurst Park, but I've heard bad things. Stay away from it. I don't. Yeah, don't go there. Salhurst Park. Um, okay, so back to Newcastle getting beat at, at, at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I think there's a lot to talk about in terms of what happened and why. Um, t- to answer my own question, I'm our agent. If any, you know, we are on on Patreon. Um, Three to eight pounds a month for these podcasts ad free and loads more. We'll do an instant reaction at the final whistle of every single game, a short show. And uh, Charlotte and I and George Colkin did it last night, walking out of Hillsborough. And I was raging. I was absolutely raging. And I'm not I'm not as as not as much raging even then at the defeat. I'm not raging because we're not playing on the twenty eighth or the weekend of the twenty eighth of January in an insanely busy month, assuming we beat Leicester, which is a big assumption. But January just became this insane game for fixtures. We had two cup semi-finals sandwiched in between an FA Cup fourth round tie, and who knows who that would have been against. Eddie Howe has been a bit Steve Bruce-esque so far in his cup ties. He's been very fortunate with the opposition we've faced um, in, in both competitions, really. And you know, you could get a Chelsea away. You could get anyone in that fourth round in the middle of two cup semi-finals in the middle of a chase for Champions League football. 
And I'm not that fussed about the FA Cup this year. And I would love to support a club which is further on in its development, where it can really compete on three fronts. I just don't think we're that club at the minute. I think the fact that Newcastle is so far ahead of where they, I think, expect yeah. to be this season. I think yeah. I, I do think they expect it to be in the conversation for the top six, but they have a massive opportunity to be however many points to Liverpool to be clearly a better team than Spurs, in my opinion, and all these things, to be miles ahead of Chelsea. They didn't expect that. And maybe extra a couple of extra weekends, you know, two, three, four extra weekends to recover, to get some rest into the class, lads. It is not the end of the world. Having said that, I did not travel to Hillsborough last night to watch us get beat. Um, so I'm still really frustrated by it, and I'll get into what in particular very soon. But particularly since full time last night and in the drive home and some sleep, I'm less raging than I was. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't how was a disgrace, sack all these lads, etc. etc. <laughs> but it was very much we can't keep losing to third tier sides. And Sheffield Wednesday aren't Cambridge. Cambridge was still a much, much worse defeat than this, and that season turned out fine. Sheffield Wednesday are second in League One and unbeaten in 17 games. They um, also, kind of worryingly for me, um, played against Newcastle, the template way to play against Newcastle now. They left space in behind on purpose. They made the middle of the pitch um, impossibly crowded. So as Darren Worth said in his post-match press conference and Jesse March said in his post-match press conference, for the majority of the game, those two teams were not camped on the edge of their own 18-yard box. That is not the way to play against Newcastle because they will beat you. Um, instead, they kind of camped, you know, 10, 15 yards from their 18-yard box and just made the middle of the pitch an absolute disaster for Newcastle. Um really pressed the midfield three and kind of just relied on Matt Ritchie and Jacob Murphy. Well, Matt Ritchie being too slow to get him behind and Jacob Murphy, more on him in a bit, um, unable to take advantage of the, the the large amounts of space that Chef Wedliff left him behind the back four. And that's, that's probably as much a concern to me that once again, we've kind of been rumbled by that game plan. Having said that, against Leeds and against Sheffield, if Newcastle had scored six goals across the two games, there would be no outcry. It's a missed chances thing. So I'm going to get into a little bit more in part two of the show, what we think about all this. So I'm going to leave you now with some adverts. And if you don't like the adverts, come and join us on Patreon. would love to have you with us back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Charlotte, if I was to put to you, it was a bad night for all of us. All of us, everyone listening. Uh, people at the ground. Um, you know, everyone in connection with Newcastle United. But I'd say it's a particularly bad night for the players who are below the first team, mm-hmm. who are supposed to come in this game and play well and take advantage of the lower league opposition and give Eddie Howe a real headache for Tuesday. If such a, a, a scenario exists, you can disagree. But I'd say it was a bad night for the lads who started. What do you think? I agree with you, with possibly the exception of Isak, who um, was pretty good, looked sharp. He hasn't played in months and months and months. And that was his sort of, apparently Howe said, he is going to be hooked quite early. We just need to give him some game time. I think that there's quite a lot of promise there. So I don't think, um, I don't, and I'm not saying that just because he's our most expensive striker. He's he's clearly a better, he's leagues above the, many of the other players on that pitch last night. Uh, to start with. Um, but yes, I agree with you. It was a bad night for those players. I think, you know, if we're looking at um, much has been said on social media and, and in and in the media post-game about our squad depth. But if you're a, if you're a, even a Jacob Murphy who still gets onto the pitch um, in our Premier League games as a sub quite often these days, you, you, you aren't, you, that is the maximum you're ever going to get now, really, after a performance like that yesterday. It was um, it was not inspiring. I, I guess also the caveat is Joe Linton. Joe Linton also had a reasonably good game. But yes, um, not inspiring, not challenging. This is a league one side. Yeah, good league one side who are probably going to get promoted this year. But that's still two leagues below us. Um, it, I just baffling that Matt Ritchie was kind of on the pitch. Alex called it Matt Ritchie's testimonial. Um, There isn't a headache, is there? Those players are nowhere near first 11 standard, most of them. And that in itself has presented a new kind of headache for Eddie Howe. But for those players in particular, I agree with you. Like, where where do they go from here? Because really, it should be away from our club. (laughs) I'm pleased you picked on Jacob Murphy there, and I'd say I'd say this: you've you've kind of got, you know, Jamal Lewis had a really bad game. Yes, um, he's hardly played football in a long time. He doesn't seem to be part of Newcastle United's long-term plans. Uh, I'm not too fussed uh, at the minute, anyway. While people aren't injured, that Jamal Lewis, I'm annoyed because of the match and watched the match, and it didn't help. With, you know, and I think he's kind of partially culpable for, for Sheffield's first goal. But he hardly plays for Newcastle. Same for Javier Mankio. They hardly play. They're, they're rusty. You can't say the same for Chris Wood and Jacob Murphy. They are first-team players. Jacob Murphy's got 18 appearances in the Premier League this season. He's, he started games in the Premier League this season. And I just thought his performance last night was absolutely diabolical. You know, you can think that Jacob Murphy's a good squad player. You can think, you know, Eddie Howe trusts him. That they're absolutely fine to think. And there's some truth in them. A lot of truth in them. But last night, when when he, he's kind of put through three times, he's put through three times ahead of the last defenders in on goal in the first half. He gets zero shots on target. He gets one shot away when he lifts it over the keeper. 
it's like it's just a it's just a baffling lack of quality. And and Chris Wood, Carl, I'm going to bring in on both. Chris Wood again. Chris Wood started for Newcastle at Leicester. Yeah, he started. He's a first team player. Um, it's not just the miss for me, and the miss is bad because players miss chances. Although it's a fucking bad miss, it's the fact that is Sheffield Wednesday being pushed further and further back. It was a couple of times he had the ball played to feet in the box and he's popping it out of the wing 20 yards away to have your Mankio and it's like Chris what's going to happen from here I'll tell you what's going to happen Mankio who doesn't have Richie anywhere near him because Richie's kind of just sacked off playing right with a uh, left wing in the second half because he's too slow um he's gonna he's gonna check back and he's gonna go back to Sven Botman and and you've gone from a striker with the ball <laughs> at your feet in their penalty box albeit at the edge of the box to the ball back at the centre half, he did. He did it time and time again. So, Kyle, Jacob Murphy, and Chris, what do you think we're right to highlight these guys and think? No, we needed more from you last night as the the guys who actually are first team. Absolutely. I mean, I think Jacob Murphy and Chris would have been highlighted as like weak points in our team whenever they've started in the Premier League. And as you know, like I've been a massive critic of Jacob Murphy this season. I just don't think he's anywhere near good enough. And when he plays, it's 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 just awful. Like he should have, he should he should have left Newcastle United about three or four seasons ago, and he's just hovering about like a bad smell. It's <laughs> just it it he stunk the place out with Hillsborough last night. He, he he was awful. I think there was a moment in the first half where he gets the ball in behind the defence, like you were saying, and he just mazily jogs towards the goal. As if he wants to be caught. Like I know he's had a run at Sheffield Wednesday and stuff, and it might be a sentimental place. But like, come on, like it have that bit of like it, conviction in your play. Like it, it's so frustrating. Like for me, I would have left them both there. Like that's their level, League One. Like I have defended Chris Wood this season in terms of like. When he when he plays in the Premier League, he tries and he's good at a penalty and stuff like that. But <sighs> that miss is is unforgivable. It is. It's re. It's re. Like it's similar to Dwight Gill's miss against Man City a couple of years ago, where it's like you are centre forward. That is your bread and butter. Like how do you how do you miss by that much? Like you nearly hit Harry Kane's ball from the World Cup. Like it was just. But the thing is with those is that we've seen those time and again. Like that wasn't just like a sitter that like, I'm trying to say like less, but I seem to be saying it more because somebody mentioned that I say it a lot. So sorry, I'm working on it. Um, it's it's a it's a classic Chris Wood thing. Like I, I am, I am struck. I, I am, there are so many times in the last year because we've had him for a year now, a good three or four times where people have been like, how did he miss that? Like, how did that go over the bar? Or like, how did... Uh, and, yeah, okay, he's, he can take a penalty. Well, that's a fucking minimum he should be doing, really. <laughs> he's a Premier League striker. Well, you say that loosely. Like, yeah. striker yeah. is a... <laughs> but... but that is literally his role, right? Like, that is his role. You you can say it loosely and tongue in cheek because he's crap at it, but like that is his role. He's a, he was brought in as a striker. Well, one of the defences of Chris Woods, um, which is still relevant, I believe, is that he is third choice striker for Newcastle. So in the Premier League, when Chris Woods plays, uh, I don't know if he plays the whole game against Leicester. But he plays a substantial part of it. He scores. He leads the line. 
credit where it's due for that. You know, he's, he's come in and, and his, his role in Newcastle's miracle survival last season, as, although it wasn't a, a goal-scoring role, uh, he played and he contributed in fair play to him. However, Sheffield Wednesday away, like you say, Kyle, he is supposed to be above that level. He has paid a lot more than those guys. I just thought it was a completely unacceptable performance from him last night. And he's still third-choice striker. He'll get more minutes this season because Callum Wilson and, and Isaac so far have proven to be injury-prone. So we'll see him again and we'll get behind him. But last night, that was a, that was a bad one. And, and those kind of finishes just look careless. I'm sure it wasn't. I don't know. I haven't seen enough replays to know if the ball bounced or it bobbled or whatever. But it just looks careless, careless when you're leaning back like that and it goes over the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, that was bad. And also, um, it robbed us of a brilliant it would be a brilliant goal, not because of anything Chris Wood did or the finish, but because the pass from Trippier to break open Sheffield Wednesday, the run from Joe Linton, who, who, who could have played the ball earlier, but Chris Wood was offside in the initial phase, which is annoying. Um, yeah, it really robbed us of that. You know, in, in terms of looking across the rest of the team, I actually thought it was a really tough night for Elliot Anderson as well. Yeah. You know, Anderson has, has, has started a few games this season um, and, and not really taken advantage um, of, of of the chances in cup competitions. He hasn't sparkled like he did in pre-season. And it was just, you know, he misses an absolute sitter last night in the second half. Again, you, you have to score that score. That, that, and that time, to, to be fair, the goalkeeper makes a really good save. Nick Pope-esque with his leg. But but I don't know. I don't know. Um, me and Charlotte have talked about this a little bit. So, Carl, just give us your thoughts. Anderson, I kind of want him to grab these chances and he doesn't seem to be doing it. Yeah, I was slightly frustrated with Anderson yesterday. I think there was a back pass that he put uh, nearly put Sheffield Wednesday in early on last night. Um, I think it's screaming that he needs first-team football, and I think he needs a loan move like pretty quickly because there is a good player in there. We've seen that in glimpses and stuff like that, but it it just I think he needs that game time. Like If he's going to be in around the first team for Newcastle, he definitely needs that first team. It worked wonders when he went to Bristol Rovers last season. So I think uh, maybe a mid-table, high-end championship club would be would be a, would be a good move for him. Um, but he just doesn't seem to be. It just doesn't seem to be working at Newcastle at the moment, and it's. I think it's through lack of minutes. Uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I know there's a few people saying that. They don't see the hype with Anderson, but I think for me, it's a case in he needs he needs minutes and he needs first team football. So that's what I'd expect to be done in this window if Anderson going out on loan. But Eddie Howard said he's not going anywhere. Yeah. So that's I, I agree with you, Carl, and, and I, I I kind of wish he'd played twenty three championship games by now. Um, what kind of player would he be? Um, Eddie Howe seems to think he's happy with his development training with the first team um, or and or he also just thinks we just don't have enough bodies in there, which which seems, you know, that's kind of ruthless and fine because Eddie Howe's, um, you know, commitments and rely, uh, responsibilities to Newcastle United, it's not to, to Eddie Anderson, but it does just seem really strange that he's not out there getting getting games in the Football League because... You know, he he looks rusty as well when he comes in. And um, like you say, that back pass last night um, it could have caused yeah, a problem. And, and just in case anyone didn't see the game, you know, if you look at the stats after the game, Newcastle had 75% possession, dominated um, shots, chances, and create, did create a lot of chances across the 90 minutes. But Sheffield Wednesday also created good chances, first and second half, 
Wednesday could have had, you know, if Wednesday had scored four goals in that game, that wouldn't have been, you know, unreasonable considering the chances they created. Um, and, you know, that's not good enough for Newcastle. Charlotte, it was it was a bit of a strange one, wasn't it? A bit of a blast from our past. <laughs> the, um, Martin Dubravka clapping the away end pre-game. What did he make He's of back. that? He's back. Um, yeah, I mean, I assume Carrius will be like, now we now have, we're back to have, we have this like sort of conundrum of having about nine goalkeepers in the squad, but he's back. Martin Dubravka was back, saw him on the team sheet last night, thought, okay, shame for Pope. You know, he was, uh, we were talking about a record that he was close to getting to, um, um, it's it's escaped me right now, but it'll come back. Um, But you know, Martin Dubravka Cup games, that's probably the right, level for him at the moment he wasn't really getting any game time at man united i think he did one of their cup games and though they won widely was considered not to have had a good game um so hasn't had a lot of actual game time um away from newcastle he wouldn't have got it at newcastle so you know fair enough i guess fans were a little bit against him going to man united um i think he called them united which riled people up um but, you know, decent enough game. But I do think that first goal, if you watch it back, it just rolls past it. Like, Nick Pope gets that every day, every day of the week. Um, it just rolls past him. I don't know if he could see that the player was offside and thought it wouldn't count, but the flag didn't go up. But to me, it was just this scuffle. It wasn't a fast ball. He should have got his hands on it. So a little bit disappointing from that perspective. But then having said that, I don't want to dig into him too much. Um, there was a Sheffield Wednesday had a free kick opportunity towards the end of the game, um, uh, sort of straight at the goal, and he made a good save there. And uh, and he and after the the ball was sort of safe, he and Botman had a did a little high ten, not a high five, but a high ten. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not gonna, you know, that th- he clearly wants to work with these people. If Martin Dubravka can do anything, it's sort of like organize his back line and, and get them on board. So he's clearly, if Botman, basically what I'm saying is if Botman likes him, I like him again. We're okay with him. <laughs> but um, very disappointing first goal. And, you know, for, for many reasons, not least the offside, but just very disappointing from him, I thought. Uh, he now can't play for another club this season because he's yeah. now appeared for Newcastle and Manchester United. So all of the... Theories about him being recalled to be part of some sort of swap deal with Leicester um, for one of the, their players that we're, we're chasing is uh, was not true. I think he's just been brought back because he's better than Carl Darlow and uh, Karius. That, that's it. Um, I thought I think he got the slightest of touches onto that insane free kick from the Sheffield lad from you know which looked way too far to shoot and uh, hit the top of the crossbar. Um, but yeah, an interesting one from uh, that, that he played, and like you say, he's back. Please, you mentioned Botman. I think Botman had a bit of a "what the fuck, who the fuck are these guys?" last night. Like, what yeah. the fuck is going on around me? Botman's unbeaten run as a Newcastle player is over. And Charlotte said to me last night, "It's okay because it's not in the Premier League," which it is okay, but it's also quite sad for him. I just never wanted him to taste defeat in any competition in any Castle shirt. Um, Kyle, you know, any other players you want you want to talk about? I mean, I thought, you know, I thought when the, the class lads came on, we looked much better, which you'd expect because they're all better than the lads that started. Maybe a question for you, Kyle. You know, is it realistic these days to make eight changes and still expect a performance? It's, it's a lot of changes to make. Was it too many changes? 
Well, a lot a lot of the big sites can get away with it, Alex, because they've got the depth. We don't. Like we're not there. We're not there yet. And you can see that the start of the the, the journey with building a team with depth is starting with like we'll be in link with a number of younger players. Um and first team players as well that add to the to the depth of the team, but we can't just do what Man City do, make eight changes and blow a team away five nil. Like we can't we can't do that. Like it's it's shown, if anything, how alarming our depth is in that we're probably a couple of injuries away to major players away from being a, a very average team. Um and that's the, the that's the top and bottom of it. Like it's like if even earlier this season where we went a couple of games without Bruno, we looked bad in the midfield. They like, and we looked like we couldn't score a goal. It's uh, it it's definitely a big transfer window in which we need to add to this team. Like I know we've done well in the league and stuff, but if we're third in the Premier League and we're playing Jacob Murphy and Matt Ritchie and Chris Wood, like it's. Yeah, for me, it's just they're just not good enough. Like they're they're just not like if we call a spade a spade, they're just they're just not good enough. And I think last night they proved that. I know we're against a, a team in form. I think I've seen a stat that they scored more points in the football league than any other football league side uh, in twenty twenty two. So they're a good team. They're an informed team, but Newcastle should be going to Hillsborough and showing the quality and putting teams like this to the sword. And I think, like, like we mentioned earlier, with the likes of Murphy, Wood, even, even the likes of Manquillo, I know he played well last night, but like it, it, it just adds to the, it just adds to the team, that, the, the team that played last night, individually, a lot of them need looked at as, do we keep them to add to the depth? Do we loan them out like maybe an Anderson, or do we just get rid like a Murphy or Wood? Um, so hopefully it's a reality check, and hopefully we can bounce back from it like we did against, like we did with the Cambridge game last year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and and I suppose that that kind of moves me on to, to the last thing I want to talk about with you guys. Um, some fans are suggesting that a bit like Cambridge last year. Uh, you know, basically, Charlotte, you said it full time. Newcastle lost to Cambridge, and Yassier got on the phone to Burnley and um, and brought. Oh, I wish he hadn't. <laughs> Give Chris Wood back. <laughs> um, you know, maybe Newcastle, and I, and I don't know what Newcastle's transfer strategy looks like this January. I really hope there are at least a couple of first team players coming in um, from the position of strength which we occupy. But like with Europe, Europe looks like a realistic thing next season. I think it would be a disaster, well, not a disaster, but very disappointing if Newcastle finished in the Europa Conference places, considering the position they find themselves in. But Newcastle should be playing European football next season. And, and to me, that looks like a major wake-up call to say those lads can't play in Europe because you're going to need, you know, you're going you're gonna to be competing on four fronts if you're in European football next season. Those lads can't play in Europe. Most of them, it's just, it's just that you know they struggled with an informed Sheffield Wednesday, and it's going to be very hard to to change the squad in the summer transfer window. I think they have to do some extra business now, both in and out. Um, even if it's looking at slightly younger players who you might have to pay a little bit more now than than in the summer, because we can't go into European campaign next season 
with that. You know, if Newcastle need to make five changes for a Europa League game or whatever, or or, or hopefully a Champions League game or whatever it is to keep things fresh, or make five changes in the Premier League because of a Champions League game, the the, the players that we've been listening to this show, they're just not at that level. And that's that's great that we're in that position, but it's also part of the problem of being so successful so quickly. Um that that the squad, the players behind, like Charlotte says, the kind of core 13, 14 first team players um are just nowhere near the required standards. And last night was was a classic of the genre. Um there was like four or five players from the championship season starting back in twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. There was even more started, I think, because of Mankio uh, and Murphy from season twenty seven eighteen. Um, you know that they're, they're quite damning, and, and they always have been. Uh, those kind of statistics, I suppose. Then to finish us off, Kyle, come back to you, mate. Um, one thing I'll, I'll put to you is that, and this is a slight positive, is that the away <laughs> end last night was still okay. At the end, people understood. Yeah, everyone was frustrated, but you know there was no smashing of chairs, there was no booing of players. The, the players came over to the end and still got a great, great ovation. Eddie Howe came and, 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 and Tyndall came and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't really seem to have damaged um, the fabric between supporters and team like it would have done if this defeat had taken place under a previous regime or a previous manager. Um, I kind of got the feeling that as frustrating as it was, the away end still appreciated and hopefully everyone listened to this and everyone who wasn't at the game appreciated that. Yeah, this has been shit, but everything's still very, very good. We don't need to go too hard into the football club to the manager um, for this defeat. Was that your feeling? Uh, it is, to be honest, Alex. I think if they'd have smashed up, smashed up chairs, it would have made an improvement. But uh, that's that's the bit I make coming out again. But <laughs> um, no, I think like I think obviously we know that the club's in like a good, it, it is in a good way. Like if we look back on this in five years, we're gonna we're gonna be in a much better place than Sheffield Wednesday. Like, like they might still be in the Championship or whatever, or even in general. Like it's not a dig at Sheffield Wednesday, but like. In, like we know one up a trajectory and there's a good relationship between the club and supporters and yeah you're 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 gonna get hurdles you're not gonna win every week there are gonna be games where it's like why uh like last night why but like it it's it's a part it's a part of the journey like of going up onwards and upwards and I think a lot of fans see see that and that's that's a good thing. Like not overreacting to a loss is very important. I know it's the Sheffield Wednesday and it's like the big shock of the cup at the minute and everyone's talking about it, but like it's, it's, it's just what, it's just a case of not panicking and keeping the best relationship will come with the team because I know Eddie Howe's talked about it a lot this season where when we're united, we are, we're, we're strongest. So I think a lot of fans have bought into that, me included and, yeah, on to the next game. It's a little, it's a, it's a little um, hindrance. It's a, it, it it's a um, thing in the road. I can't remember. Little, little bump in the road. Bump in but, the road. Yeah, bump in the road. Uh, and on to Leicester on Tuesday. And if we can get through to the semi-final of the League Cup, I think this will, this one will be long forgotten because we'll have a semi-final to look forward to. I think I agree. I think Eddie Howe and his coaching staff have bought themselves an incredible amount of good grace from our supporters. One bad performance with our not first team squad isn't going to turn people against them. Like it's just not how it works. They work so hard. 
you know, he says all the right things in the press conferences about you know, kind about the fans, says that we're not here to be nice, we're here to be competitive. It's all the ambitious stuff that we want to hear. And we are also seeing that on the pitch for the most part. Shit game, not our first squad. It's not good. People aren't going to turn at this stage. Great point. And what I was going to ask you, Charlotte, but I'll take it myself, okay. um, was I was going to say, you know, can Newcastle still have an incredible week this week? And the answer is yes, it's the one game I think they could have lost in, in this week. And, you know, I'm giving myself an eight-day week and the, the week starting from Saturday and finishing Sunday, but that's all right. Um, this eight days, you know, Chef Wed, Leicester, League Cup quarterfinal, Fulham, home of the Premier League. If Newcastle can win the next two at home, and we're very, very strong at home, we are in an unbelievable position as a football club to go to be in a League Cup semi-final um, and to cement our place in the top four. When, when I think this weekend's coming, um, several of our top four or cup, at least four of the top four rivals play each other um, with the um, the North London derby, I think, um, and the Manchester derby. You know, what an opportunity it, it is for us this um, this weekend, looking ahead to, you know, to, to, to solidify our position in the top four because some of those teams have got to drop points. Um, and then also being a, a League Cup quarterfinal, I'm still really, really looking forward to the week. And if we had to lose a game, the sad thing about it, because of the way our squad is, our journey is, this was the game to lose. If we needed an off day, this was the off day to have. If Eddie Howe had to make selection mistakes, this was the day to make selection mistakes. Um, so it's okay. All is well. I can't <laughs> fucking wait for Leicester. It's a massive game. It's one of the biggest games St. James's Park in years. Um, we will be back podcasting after that one. We're going to have build-up on Patreon. We're going to have reaction, additional reaction to the Leicester one on Patreon. So come and join us on there. I can't fucking wait for all of this. Come on, we're still class. We're going to mm-hmm. beat Leicester. We're going to beat Fulham. Um, I've got over my Hillsborough Huff. Kyle, it <laughs> might take you a bit longer, mate, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> thanks to you as well, Sean. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks for listening. Back with you all after Leicester. Speak to you then. Bye-bye. <laughs>